been shown in the past with the Ontario Coalition against poverty. Uh, we, we, we go in and we fucking fight. Because if the state understands one thing, they understand when people mobilize and people fight. Because that's surpassing the limits, the acceptable boundaries of a peaceful society. The true peace comes when those who are in society and who are oppressed by the state gather themselves in such a way that they become a formidable force to that state. You are listening to the 10th anniversary of the Homelessness Marathon live on the airwaves across Canada from coast to coast to coast in celebration of... The 10th annual CKUT 90.3 FM Radio McGill. It was our 10th anniversary this year and I just want to thank everyone. It was such a huge success. All the different radio stations all across the country... I'm the grand verbalizer, which means I pose a potential threat to all the patronizers who want to criticize, minimize the IQs of millions of minds. So the lies I was sent here to revolutionize the day's generation and to open up the eyes of the next one in time. So check the rhyme with the metaphors and similes combined. I intertwine them with the mind, with the heart, and the soul. Self-control is what I gotta have to make it on this rugged road with the trials and tribulations in my way. I can never compromise what I say because the blood in my veins won't allow it, so I'm letting it known. Till the end of my days, you're gonna see a lot of passion. I'm letting my actions be louder than my words with every fraction of integrity. I'll never fall into mediocrity. I'm giving you nothing but revolutionary poetry. You know it's me. Thank you. Prior to the Homelessness Marathon, we only had the CBC to provide us national coverage about anything. And with the creation of the Homelessness Marathon, we suddenly had a national spotlight to talk about homelessness and poverty in this country. So if it had not been for that first year and those 20 stations who carried us, this possibility wouldn't even exist. Right here beside you, eh? I'm beside you, eh? You know what? What is happening with love, eh? What is happening with... Well, that's the basic question behind all of this. That's the basic question. What's happening with love? Experience homelessness when I was... uh taken away to a residential school. I, 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 they just uh, you know, cut off my connection, you know, my, my childhood to, to be raised by my parents. And then when I uh, came back to my home, I had to reconnect myself to feel myself in a home where I have my parents with, along with me. I had to reconnect myself uh, by being out there on the land, which was very impossible because they, they had you know, the, the logging industry, uh, you know, clear-cutting the area that, you know, I was raised before I was uh, sent to the residential school. And then it was very difficult for us to, you know, to feel that home that uh, that I, I started to grow up before I was sent to the residential school. And then <clears throat> and then I tried again to, to, to build that concept of home, to have a home within the 59-acre reserve, it still wasn't possible. And again, when the, the, the federal government, Mr. Harper, apologized to the residential school survivors, you know, it, it really tore up my you know, wound again. And then all these, you know, homelessness, we live it in a different form, and we can't even 
you know, say that we have a home here with all these programs, you know, you know how, how are we going to maintain that home without having the adequate resources or employment to maintain our home? You know, it, it's all across Canada. They, they have to recognize our need to have a stay within our traditional territory. We have to be part of that, you know, being partnership. But it's not there. We hear you loud and clear on that. Indigenous communities still struggle um, from above the 55th parallel to the streets of down, the downtown east side and to our very own city of Montreal. The number is now 30,000 in Montreal, which I read again today. If anybody read the first front page of La Presse, the headline said, Les Amendes Explose. 25% of all municipal fines are now hitting the homeless. And the numbers have practically doubled over the last 10 years. And the number and the, the uh, age, the average age has gone up to 39. It used to be in the early, in the, in the uh, early 30s. The, uh, the problem is just mushrooming. We've got 10% of the, of the national number right here in Montreal, 30,000. That's a mind-boggling number. And so clearly something's going wrong at a uh, very high level. That is, if we can call politics high. And that's why we've invited to our show, I believe she's the first one to join us from uh, a political party, because this problem does have a political dimension for sure. And so this is the housing critic of the NDP, Marie-Claude Morin, préciser également que le Canada est le seul pays euh, du G8 à ne pas avoir de stratégie nationale euh, d'habitation. Donc, euh, la semaine dernière, j'ai euh, déposé un projet de loi proposant, euh, proposant justement une stratégie semblable pour le Canada. Euh, je, dois, je dois préciser également que c'est ma collègue Libby Davis qui, lors de la dernière législature, avait, avait déposé un projet de loi euh, visant une stratégie nationale. Un pays qui investit combien de milliards dans le militaire, n'est-ce pas? Oui, c'est ça. Je ne peux pas vous dire le chiffre exact, mais euh, c'est sûr, sûr que oui, il faut investir dans le militaire. C'est un mal nécessaire, mais il faut investir aussi dans le logement. <rire> hey, le gouvernement, ça n'entre pas dans leur tête qu'il y a un problème. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Oui, je, oui, je pense que... Je pense qu'il y a réellement un problème euh, bon, au niveau de... Ça, ça dépasse l'image. Le Canada est un pays assez prospère pour euh, s'assurer que tous ses habitants aient un toit. Ça dépasse l'imagination. Je ne mm -hmm. sais pas. Il s'occupe de, 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 de ce qui se passe sur Internet et de nous surveiller et aussi de criminaliser les, les, euh, les itinérants, justement, euh, oui, oui. Le fait Donc, que les amendes explosent, le titre à la une de la presse aujourd'hui, justement. Mm -hmm. 25 des contraventions aux règlements municipaux sont, sont assernées, discernées aux, aux, aux itinérants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in, in 10 years, the struggle has been lost at the political level, but I think we've made gains in, in the media with... with something like the Homelessness Marathon becoming an annual event. We've made gains in the community among ourselves. 
um, because we know that the battle is only becoming more hard, so we have to build those connections. So CKUT and the Native Friendship Center, along with all the social movements we connect with through the marathon and, and, and our day-to-day -day work, we're building a common struggle through the media to make these issues important again. And the politicians can only deny us so long before they, they know we exist. And I think, uh, if anything, the current economic situation is, is, is oppressing them as much as it's oppressing us. And so that break is going to come. And we see that with the Occupy movement coming. Uh, squatting is not dead. Um, Occupy Montreal and squatting go hand in hand in terms of taking back space and making it for public use. So 10 years later, I think the marathon has, a, has achieved a lot and is continuing to carry that mandate of Prefontaine and Overdale. And I think Andy and all the other squatters who have participated in the years for continuing to participate and, and, and in a sense, continuing to have faith in, in being able to do this. I think it's about time that we all, uh, we all took up our sticks and stood up for ourselves because, yeah, the government, sure, sure, the government, they control everything. But the thing is, we put them there. Mm -hmm. you got to ask yourself, who votes for them? Why are they there? And, like, if we don't start to stand for ourselves and say, hey, you know what? We had enough of this. We had enough of all the rents going up. We have enough of uh, all the prices going up. We have enough of all the tuition fees going up. And you're destroying the future of a lot of people. And eventually you'll destroy the country in itself. Your beauty. Your beauty. A freshness of thousand afternoons of summers in which your infinite facets reflect your black eyes and which your thoughts disturb. Your beauty that makes cerebral juices empty themselves and stir your beauty, to which a thousand poems will be an insult because there is no poetry that can draw with a pen the fresh potency of your smile. Happy the gentleman who wins for himself the immense and countless beautiful cumulus of facial pores that poorly adorn your melodious face and the thoughts pulverized into a thousand daisies. Your beauty, Mixing of girl and woman who spontaneously surrender the hardest hearts around the globe. Your beauty, which is adorned by those lashes like guardians of blue mountains, which adorn the brightness of your impeccable serenity look. Your beauty, grated by your black amber hair flying in the wind. Your beauty, that the eternity will sanctify, because the beauty of nature surrenders itself before the coolness of your smile. Mixing of girl and woman. Praise for the wonderful being who have you that unique beauty. It really makes believe that the thousand and one night tales were real, not fantasies. Your beauty, that drank human essence. Your beauty, that sweetly blunted the cellular gear of the mind and made me think that paradise is only a sad joke. This is the poetry of Leo Archila. Fue un poema de Leo Archila solo para introducir este programa de poesía libre que se va a desarrollar en inglés y en español en esta ocasión especial. En all the earth we need justice, we need justice in ourselves, and we have to try to find ourselves. If we come in justice, we will be see all the injustice, and we're gonna denounce it, and we're gonna talk about it, and we have to be in that. This is the spiritual way to talk about the injustice, to try to make the government to change and to help the brothers, the one live in the street, the brothers, the one no have anything to eat, the brothers, the one need and everything, you know. And, and especially these are the brothers, the one are suffering, and the poor people are the four races, the one being, 
destroyer for all, for other brothers. Remember, we are all brothers in the earth, and you never supposed to do what you did until now. Change this history because you know the Creator will be give you something very hard to you. Je voudrais juste ajouter aussi que dans la société, une personne qui n'a pas d'adresse n'est pas considérée comme une personne. On n'a pas d'identité. Alors, moi, je veux dire à tout le monde qu'on est chacun quelqu'un ici dans la société. Alors, même sans adresse, quelqu'un, on est des êtres humains. Il faut se rappeler de ça. And also, uh, don't forget that this discussion is part of a fight and a struggle, and there's a place for everybody in that struggle. If you believe in this, uh, in, in a better world, and if you believe in, in what our brother here, Josué, was talking about, then uh, we hope to see you uh, in the streets here in Montreal. This is a, a fight for all people. A man can't to, to stop this uh, federal government destroying the, you know, the environment. If it, for those that are listening right now and they think that uh, the oil sands is Canada's oil, it's not. 90% of that is sold to the states. Canada receives 10% of that. Uh, we don't, re you know, guys don't out of Montreal don't get the benefits of the tar sands at all. The tar sands is the largest, most destructive force industry in the world right now. It is a complete decimation of the boreal forest, and along with the decimation of our sacred mother earth, comes our cultural practices and teachings. And anybody that's that that is any at all traditional or has traditional practices will tell you that our, our relationship, even our language, ties directly in our relationship to the land. And they are killing that right now in northern Alberta. And I want to say also as well that these tar, the tar sands have been in the earth for millions and millions of years. They're not going to go anywhere. We could potentially stop it right now, and it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to dry up until we find better technology or simply a better way of doing this. Because right now, we're, we Canada is one of the lead causes in this global climate change. How is... Um the health, how are the health conditions and the housing conditions affecting and impacting youth in the communities surrounding the tar sands? You know, most, most people, they're kind of, it's, it's home. You know, and I put this, I, I had this thought and I, I put it out to all people who immigrated here, whether you're from European descent or whether you're just immigrating now, currently. If you find that your, your culture is being lost or your language is being lost or whatever, you can go home. You can always go back home to reclaim that. And it's there for everybody. But... For us indigenous peoples here, our homes where we go back to, you know, they often tend to be our reservations. Um, when I look up at McMurray, when I look up at Fort Chip and Fort Mackay and those communities there, even Little Buffalo down by the Peace River region and all those that are being negatively impacted by the tar sands, our home where we go back to to reclaim our culture, our families and our identity is slowly becoming a toxic waste, a cesspool. And it's, it's dangerous to go when your home is, is, is a cancer cluster. You're essentially playing a cancer roulette when you eat your traditional foods and when you drink the water, as your people have done since, I guess, the birth of creation or the birth of our consciousness, you know, being directed by our ancestors, having all that ancient wisdom and knowing that when we apply that in today's world, it's what kills us because of the tar sands. And uh, whenever I see, whenever I perceive homelessness for the, the indigenous viewpoint, it's, it's knowing that in my heart that there, there's, I'm hoping that their reservation's a bit more healthier than the street conditions they're given. But then I look at these cities and I look at the development of industry, doesn't matter what industry, and I see how much they've profited from every tree they've chopped down, every barrel of oil they've taken out, every resource that they've exploited, 
and how none of that's gone back and how we're pushed aside and how we're forgotten and how after residential schools created this, this you know, generation of PTSD survivors of, of abusees who had to raise kids being PTSD, how Canada really fostered this growth of dysfunction and then they place us into the general populace. Moi, c'est un ami dans la rue qui m'a écrit une lettre pour que je la lise pour vous. Ça va comme ceci. Vous allez rencontrer un grand nombre, tout comme moi, sur la rue, animés de la vie, avec les épaules se baissant et la tête baissée et affaiblie et les yeux qui regardent dans la défaite. Pauvres âmes qui vivent dans le passé où la douleur joue toutes les parties, où un mort vivant est tout ce qui reste pour les hommes avec des cœurs brisés. Vous n'avez pas le droit d'être le juge de critiquer et de condamner, mais suffit de passer à la grâce de Dieu. Il serait, il serait vous au lieu de lui, un pas insouciant, un acte irréfléchi et puissant, la misère commence. Et pour ceux qui pleurent la mort vivant, vient pas cher avec ces hommes au cœur brisé. Aussi humble, vous devriez être quand ils viennent en passant par car il est écrit les plus grands hommes ne seront jamais trop grands pour pleurer. Certains perdent la foi dans l'amour et la vie, où la douleur tire ses flèches, et dans le désespoir, tout parti qu'ils marchent, seuls ces hommes avec des cœurs brisés. Vous n'avez jamais marché dans les chaussures de ces hommes, ou vu des choses à travers ses yeux, ou se lava et regarda avec ses mains impuissantes. Tandis que le cœur en vous meurt, certains étant pauvres, certains étant rois et certains étant maîtres des arts. Mais dans leur honte, ils sont tous même des hommes au cœur brisé. La vie peut parfois être si cruelle qu'il va prier pour la mort de Dieu. Pourquoi faut-il de ces morts vivants connaître la douleur à chaque respiration? Alors aidez votre frère le long de la route, peu importe où qu'il commence, car le Dieu qui vous a fait, les a fait aussi, avec ces hommes, avec les cœurs brisés. Merci beaucoup. Les personnes qui, vont, par différents moyens, vont enfreindre les lois parce qu'ils se retrouvent dans des situations de pauvreté ou de précarité, ces personnes-là vont être criminalisées. Donc, pour moi, c'est vraiment symptomatique d'une société néolibérale qui hyper-responsabilise les individus et qui dit, dans le fond, si t'es pauvre, c'est de ta faute. Et euh, si t'enfreins les lois, ben c'est de ta faute et on va te, on va te criminaliser. Alors que simultanément, ben il y a des grandes entreprises qui font bien plus des crimes, qui font des meurtres, tu sais, que ça soit dans différents pays. Le Canada est, bien entendu, complice dans ces histoires-là aussi. Et de cette criminalité-là, ben on n'en parle pas en termes de criminalité, mais en termes de capitalisme sauvage. Et on ne devrait jamais oublier que c'est complètement inacceptable que des gens vivent, et dorment et meurent dans la rue. Et puis, euh, la deuxième chose, c'est que le droit au logement, c'est le premier et le plus fondamental. Uh, I want to know when it became acceptable to disregard and turn a blind eye to uh, a fellow uh, human being in need. And uh, why uh, our f you know, fellow human beings are denied their humanity and their personhood just because they're less fortunate. Um, I think this is an important dialogue that we need to open up. Um, I think we need to be honest with ourselves about this imaginary division that's been erected between the homeless population and the non-homeless populations in our society. 
uh, because it really has to be dismantled and something has to change. I try to do the very best that I can do to try and stay off the streets mm -hmm. as much as I can, but it's really rough. Mm -hmm. It's really rough for me. Okay, I can only talk for myself. I can't talk for the other people. Okay, I'm not on drugs. I don't drink alcohol. Okay, I have a bad habit of drinking coffee and smoking <laughs> cigarettes. It's the only luxury item I've got left in this world, as far as I'm concerned. I've lost everything. But, damn, I'm not going to lose my dignity. Absolutely not. For my government. And I'm not going to lower my head down on a middle-class street every time I walk. I walk proud. Good for you, I'm, Andy. I walk proud because... I need to have some kind of faith in myself and I had a lot of help during mm -hmm. the years and I've got the, the Native Center to thank for that because for eight years they've been carrying the load for us and they've given me an opportunity to voice my opinion mm -hmm. which is very rare Definitely Oui, c'est la rue qui m'a fait qui que je suis devenu l'homme aujourd'hui parce que quand j'avais ça j'étais au début pas longtemps de la crise d'adolescence j'étais rendu un jeune homme dans ce temps-là ça veut dire c'était euh, l'expérience de vie que moi j'ai choisi. Oui. Moi c'est pas euh, personne qui m'a mis là, c'est moi qui m'a mis dans cette situation là. But I found that the street welcomed me, you know, in the way that you uh, in a strange way you accepted on the street because uh, everybody's um, you know need to be together and help each other out on the street, but at the same time everybody is only looking out for themselves and uh, It's not a fun place to be, I tell you, especially I, I was in Reggie, Alberta at the time, and it was winter, so it was very cold, and when you don't have a place to stay, uh, I remember I used to snuck, sneak in into an apartment building for the night so I can sleep in the stairway where it was warm. Mais la pauvreté, il y a aussi le santé mentale, il y a les deux facteurs, c'est que il y a des ressources qui vont s'adresser à un problème ou à une autre problématique. Mais la plupart des gens ont plus qu'un problématique. Ils ont une problématique, euh, ils n'ont pas d'argent, ils n'ont pas de place pour aller rester, ils ont des problèmes de santé mentale, ils ont des problèmes avec la loi. Où est-ce que c'est qu'ils vont aller? Everybody needs a house. Uh, they, need, they need a roof to, to uh, live under. And... Uh, What we see here in Montreal is that uh, it's very, it's often very difficult for people to uh, to find an apartment because uh, when they go search for an apartment, they are encounter they're encountering uh, a certain set of stereotypes and uh, discriminatory practices mm -hmm. where the landlord doesn't want to rent to someone who has a different name than what they're accustomed to hearing, so okay. th their names and also their accents makes it very hard for people sometimes to find an apartment. All these uh, indicators that are in place in order to help people who are like falling apart from the system are there to correct the situation and slowly bring these people back to safety and taking them off the streets, etc., etc. And this is not happening at all. And like Mary was saying, what ends up happening is people start getting into Bordeaux or into Tanguay and it's becoming a revolving door where you're in and out, in and out, in and out and once you get to that stage there's absolutely no one there to help you 
nobody cares anymore. And how are we dealing with these people? We're slowly but surely eradicating them from the, from the earth by shooting them in the street when they're sleeping in a metro or sleeping on the street or whatever the case may be. The police beat the shit out of them. Uh, you know, they, they'll taser them. They'll kill them. It doesn't matter anymore. Nobody cares. Nobody's in control. There's nobody accountable anymore. And this is a very, very serious problem. You know, we're out here for the homelessness people, but we're really, we're really here for the whole population of Quebec, for the whole population of Canada, and for all North America, for that matter. So, you know, I just want to encourage people to come out, fight for the struggle. It's not about just the homeless people. The homeless people are the ones that are down and out and right at the bottom of the ladder right now. And we're going to be there next if we don't stand up for our rights. And, you know, it's very, very important. So get out and do what you need to do in order to make this struggle up in front and make these people accountable because we're paying them. They're there because of us. We have to do something because we are six billion and a half of poor people. We can do anything we want if we come and unificate like a brothers and sisters. We don't have to see any more difference between us. We don't have to see language. We don't have to see color. We don't have to see absolutely nothing. Coming together, brother. What's the matter? Let's do what we have to do. So the whole idea behind the piece is we got to take direct action. We've occupied Wall Street, we've mm -hmm. occupied Montreal, we've occupied London, we've occupied Tokyo, we've occupied this and that. It's time to occupy empty buildings in Montreal. It's time to occupy places where people actually live. If they're about to be evicted, occupy them and save them. Keep housing affordable. Keep mm -hmm. people housed. Because the problem is not a lack of housing. It's a lack of affordable housing. And the problem is not a lack of physical space. It's all empty. It's condos. It's being speculated. It's being converted. So, squatting the city is a proposal for this evening for all across Canada. They say life is determined by decisions you make. When will we learn from our mistakes? Though the weight of the world can break anybody's spirit, all it takes is a random situation for someone to lose their oh, faith. Yeah. In the process, with stress on your conscience, telling all you people that you got this gift and you can never ever trade it for a profit. Oh, yeah. There's people in this world that's trying to stop it from reaching to the ears of the youth. That's why I'm making this for people that are seeking the truth. You gotta be ready to move as if you had nothing to lose. You wanna win, you better learn how to choose the right path to make it through precipitation of any limitation. How can I approach this? I travel through the city and I still don't have an opus. I know what it's like to be homeless, but I can never say that I was hopeless. I stepped to a stage where the crowd up and the friends are maintaining my focus is the reason why I wrote this so I can grip a mic and take a minute to show this. See, the universe knows this. You don't gotta grasp a concept. Take my words out of context. Cause if I ever wanna be an activist, I gotta practice this way of keeping the youth from trying to slash their wrists. I'm trying to bring in the peace but we're going through a war where the spiritual physical we're up against a critical foe who's not visible to every individual's eyes your word to the wise you want to rise above the bullshit you about to realize the truth never compromise or settles for any kind of price Alors voilà, ce sera le mot de la fin de ce dixième marathon des sans-abri auquel on a essayé de souhaiter un très chaleureux dixième anniversaire. Chaleureux d'ailleurs, puisque le soleil s'est levé sur Montréal, au coin des rues. 
Saint-Laurent et Ontario, on remercie le Centre d'amitié autochtone qui nous a accueillis pour la huitième année consécutive. Et comme le disait Aaron un peu plus tôt, vous pouvez réécouter le contenu complet du marathon ckut.ca oblique homeless. Et vous pouvez même réécouter les dix derniers marathons quasiment, je pense, en ligne, là, ou au moins une, un bon huit années. Donc, multiplié par 14, vous ne manquerez pas de marathon si vous êtes triste de cette fin. Je remercie également tout le monde qui a euh, fait la super bouffe, le café euh, qu'on a eu euh, toute la nuit. Et euh... <rire> bonne nuit. Voilà, bonne nuit. On va maintenant pouvoir aller euh, se coucher après ces euh, 14 heures de marathon. Merci. Merci tout le monde. I've got to get to the camp. <laughs>